0: Welcome to episode 63 of Imperial
1: Hearts. Imperial Hearts is a Star Wars podcast about, you know, all things Star Wars, hosted by your friends Jamie and Dana. And uh, today, as per our usual slate of topics, we have uh, some news from the week. We have some Clone Wars recaps of uh, episodes, it's 14, 15, 16
2: the Mortis arc
1: yeah of season three Um, and the second half of Greg Ruka's Guardians of the Wills. agreed Dana has a lot of notes again this week so we're gonna get into a deep
2: discussion there's a certain part in this podcast where we're gonna veer off the track Mm -hmm. and dive into legends for a bit so strap in listeners strap in um, because we're gonna talk about the Star Wars universe's equivalent of Satan.
1: Ooh.
2: Um, anyway, we'll get to that. Nice. Um. Okay. I guess not really Satan, more like Lucifer. Hmm. Like the devil of Star Wars. I want I, to... Yeah, anyway. Okay, so there's... The main big news dump for this week is Battlefront. Do you want to get into that first? Yeah. Okay.
1: So when we recorded the podcast last week, listeners, the e3 ea conference was like literally two hours later and there was a huge info dump and it was upsetting new trailer amazing like a an awesome new trailer um and the uh, panel hosted by janina gavankar who's the voice of iden versio oh she she was she was, um, she was the host oh that's really cool yeah um, and she had like a custom Iden Versio dress that she had wow, made that you, wow. you can now buy. Whoa. Um, and she had like custom earrings and yeah, it was pretty great. It was, uh, so. Impressive. We're recapping that a week late because it happened right after we recorded.
2: Okay. So we're, do you want to just talk about the trailer a little bit before we get into the sure. details? So like the trailer opens up on like. It like shows you like first order stormtroopers mm-hmm. and then it shows you like galactic empire stormtroopers and then it shows you clone troopers mm-hmm. and then like the crowd goes wild. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it like, and then it cuts to like, um, like battle droids. And then like, we get like Thede palace mm-hmm. um, and it's like clones versus droids. And you hear the like iconic voices from clone wars. um, yeah. um And then it's like, it's like a battle, battle, and then everybody's like, oh shit, Darth Maul interrupts the battle. It's mm-hmm. like a new challenger appears. And like,
1: <laughs> and the music is a remix of um, Duel of the Fates. Of the Fates. Yeah. yeah, it's like
2: the music and like, I think it's a medley. Like th- yeah. throughout the trailer, it like introduces different themes based on what's happening. It's the mm-hmm. music is like one of the best parts. Yeah. Um, and what do we get a bunch of clips of like other places and other characters that are exciting? Um can't actually think of any off the top of my head i mean ray's in it yeah there's like a little shot of ray versus kylo um there's yoda versus uh darth maul yeah so yoda's gonna be in it there's a shot on yavin 4 with death troopers yeah um there's a bunch of shots and it's really dramatic and you should just watch it
1: and then they go into the iden versio stuff where she sees the um the what are they called sentinel palpatine sentinel palpatine yeah i love it um and she gets a mission and then she's in danger and
2: somebody's calling out for her
1: and yeah
2: looks awesome it's also like there's also a shot of space battles which is a new thing yeah um from what I understand, there's no space battles in the original Battlefront, aside from, like, one VR mission.
1: Yeah, the DLC for the Death Star had, has a Trench Run mission.
2: Right, but there's um, there's no, like, free-roaming space battles, yeah, which is what people had been requesting. Yeah,
1: all the dogfighting is in Atmosphere, um, which is fine, um, and I guess it does give you some... Uh, keeps your grounding. I can see why they would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it but sense. it's also... they It's full of... Um, like atmospheric dust and stuff and there's a lot of smoke and fire and it provides cover but also makes it really hard to see so i was hoping there would be more space battles so i'm
2: excited about that there you go yeah this looks like a very deluxe deluxe version of this game oh and
1: you said you saw the uh, uh, t70 x-wings too so the
2: yeah in that that space battle scene like those x-wings were painted blue Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming that was uh resistance x-wings yeah that's cool um
1: yeah
2: um Okay, so you wanna just go through the list of everything that's I have a list up here. Sure, yeah. Um so uh the new characters we're getting I'm not gonna go through the factions, we mm-hmm. can just play as every faction. Um you can play as Yoda, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, Iden Versio, Gideon Hask.
1: I wonder if that's the like guy who talks to her in the couple of trailers.
2: Yeah, maybe it's like the other PC. It's the boy version. The boy version of Iden Versio, yeah. Mm-hmm uh luke skywalker han solo kylo ren captain phasma finn and ray nice captain phasma and finn have little asterisks beside them because they're the first dlc characters
1: and the dlc will is all confirmed to be free it's included with the uh, and
2: it's all game. new jedi themed or mm. the last jedi
1: themed. nice yeah so the first dlc comes out right after the movie comes
2: out because some of it would be spoilers for last jedi makes sense um vehicles you get slave one vulture droids trade federation landing ship weird okay (laughs) um delta seven jedi interceptor okay like from the clone wars right i'm guessing it's those like a wings oh yeah um naboo starfighters v wings uh arc 170s nice l-a-a-t-s i don't know what that is um i'm guessing a lot of these are like clone fighters yeah um all the clone fighters, TIE fighters, bunch of TIE, Imperial Shuttles. Star Destroyers and Super Star Destroyers. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. I wonder if that's like a new mode.
1: Mm-hmm. Like uh, Armada, <laughs> Armada uh, converted to X-Wing mode.
2: Yeah, I guess so. Tauntauns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Kylo Ren's TIE fighter.
2: Yeah, it's been confirmed that he has a special model.
1: Right, just like Darth Vader did? Yeah, exactly. That makes sense.
2: Um, a bunch of other ones too that you'd expect um playable battlefronts mm. uh naboo kamino oh kamino that's kind of oh cool um kashik or kashik i guess that's how you pronounce that um tatooine yavin 4 hoth Endor, vardos uh jakku takodana star killer base dakar krait feel like i know what crate is but i forget
1: that's a new mining planet from the last jedi
2: oh right yeah spaceship interiors Mm. and a variety of space battles nice um yeah so interesting um uh yeah so that's all the new stuff we're getting i guess we could go through the rest of this article if you want but i think it's like um all the DLC is free, but there's going to be micro microtransactions to balance that out. Cool. Um, Not surprising. No, I think that's a fair, fair trade.
1: Um, and also they confirmed that uh, Janina Gavankar will be voicing uh, the audiobook version of Inferno Squad. Are you going to
2: listen to the audiobook, or are you going to...
1: I don't know. I want to read it in person, but... Um... I also will probably listen. I'll do a sample of it and see what it sounds like, and maybe I'll get it two or something. I don't know. Just
2: to, like, lull you to sleep.
1: So- yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: it's hard nights. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. I don't I don't have much else to say about Battlefront. Like, I probably would have had more to say the day of. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited about it, too. Mm. Um, I don't really have, like, I know we own Battlefront, but I don't have a lot of drive to actually play it. But I do have a drive to play the new one.
1: Well, it's hard, right? Because the original Battlefront has no campaign. Yeah. So either you're just playing skirmishes against the computer, or you're playing against real people online. So it's really fun to like jump in, jump out. But it's not like a game you could just sit down and like play through. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm excited about Battlefront 2, because there's a whole campaign mode
2: with a story. I wonder I wonder how long the campaign will be.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And then you can probably, like, probably the campaign has a bunch of maps, and then you
2: can play your favorite in multiplayer. Yeah, I'm sure they'll reuse all the maps, and that's where they'll reuse them. Um, okay, anything more about Bottlefront, or should we move on?
1: No, let's move on.
2: Okay, there's a new line of Star Wars comics being published by IDW Comics. Oh, yeah, those are all the, like, cute, cartoony-looking ones, right? They're called Star Wars Adventure Comics. Um, IDW Comics, especially recently, has a really good track record of producing really good quality um, comics. Cool. Um, Mostly from, like, Disney franchises. Um, So I think what most people are expecting is kind of, like, a young reader... Kind of like a fun time comic that's what the uh sort of art suggested that's what the art suggests but like my question is like why did they get a second publisher like they already have marvel doing like seven different comic series mm-hmm. so why why use a second publisher to do more comics i don't know they have two book publishers too oh, okay maybe like, that's del, normal, del
1: rey though. publishes a bunch of them but um oh yeah who is the other... I can't remember who the other publisher is. Marvel. No, like the other book publisher. Yeah. Delray is like a bunch of them.
2: But... Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Not all of them are Delray. Yeah. Delray is like all the novels, though.
1: Yeah. But I think the... Um,
2: the Young Reader ones might not be Delray. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I guess it's the same kind of thing. I mean, Marvel's comics... I guess it's a genre thing, too, right? Like, if IDW is more focused on this genre that they're looking at.
2: Yeah, more for, like, kids or whatever. Yeah.
1: And uh, the first issue of the new Darth Vader comic came out today, but we haven't read it yet. We're going to catch that up uh, for you in a few weeks.
2: Yeah, well, I think we can do Vader and um, the new Screaming Citadel for next week. Cool. Um, I actually really want to read um, Son of Dathomir now. Because apparently that's part of the, um, Clone Wars extension project. Oh. Um, so, like, there, there was a project that was put in place, I forget what it's actually called, I don't know what it's called, it's probably called, like, Clone Wars Saga or something, right. where, like, they took a bunch of the Clone Wars plots and made them into extra media.
1: Right, like, a Dark Disciple.
2: Yeah, so Dark Disciple's one of them, they've also released a bunch of animatics, um, so, it's Son of Darthmire is part of that project. Yeah, Son of Darthmire is part of that project. So, like the um, the issues of this comic were character were um, episode arcs planned for Clone Wars. Okay. So that makes me want to read them more. That it's not just a Darth Maul comic. It's like unused plots for Clone Wars. So, like maybe maybe I'll read that after we finish Clone Wars, though, because I feel like that'll be picking up on some of the plots
1: that makes sense um also clone wars is not gone from netflix
2: yeah i don't know what's up with that they
1: had a little announcement saying it would be but maybe they renewed the contract like after i don't know
2: anyway it's still on netflix maybe in in the u.s it's gone yeah maybe i don't know uh so yeah i don't know what to expect from those comics it says they'll span the entire star wars era or or different eras sorry
1: Hmm. yeah i saw one of the covers was ray in the star story graveyard apparently
2: the first issue is going to be like ray an adventure with ray and then it's going to have a second story in the like the second half like of the same issue which Mm -hmm. will be about clone troopers oh okay so it's like kind of all over the place yeah yeah i don't have much other i have a little bit more news which i'm going to address later in the podcast when it becomes relevant okay um, but the only other piece of news I have, which is kind of interesting, is um, there was a Reddit AMA with with Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. um, where he was asked about Snoke, of course, okay, as you do, right? Um, and he said Snoke is not a character that he particularly gets into in The Last Jedi. Hmm. So like, there's not a lot of reveals about that character. Like, that's the implication, right? Is that um, maybe it's sort of like the original trilogy, where like the emperor doesn't really show up un- yeah. t- until? Although it's weird because we do see that Lego action figure of Snoke.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe he's in it, but I mean he also didn't play a huge role in um,
2: no he Force Awakens. No. So
1: yeah, so hmm. interesting. Interesting. Just a little fact for you. Uh, so, r- sort of jumping off from that as like you know ryan johnson's episode eight (laughs) this is related to star wars but not directly oh i think you know it. yeah so um colin trevorrow who is the director of episode nine and whose last film was the delightfully soulless corporate jurassic park jurassic world um Oh, yeah, that was him, right. Yeah, so Colin Trevorrow's latest movie, which is apparently a 10-year passion project of his that he's been make for, like, 10 years. He didn't write it, um, but he's been trying to get this guy's script off the ground for, like, the last 10 years. Uh, His new movie came out this week to um, hilariously abysmal reviews. It's got a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I just want to share with you some of the... Um, highlights of the reviews that come up when you Google it. These are like the chosen Google quotes. From Emily Yoshida at Vulture, It does not suffice to call the book of Henry bad. It's non-functional, so poorly conceived from the ground up as to slip out of the grasp of the usual standards one applies to narrative film. And from Owen Gleiberman at Variety, the film's muted, yet somehow rather flamboyant terribleness derives from the fact that it seems to be juggling three or four borderline schlock genres at once. And uh, Michael O'Sullivan from the Washington Post. It's the filmmaking equivalent of a monkey with the head of a goat, the tail of a fish, wings, and teeny tiny rat claws. Um,
2: right, so it's not good.
1: No, it's not good. And um, so basically the plot is... Uh, a genius 11 year old boy who lives with his little brother and his mother who is useless but um, cool old mom I guess useless single mom and the, the boy is a genius so like he takes care of the family's finances and he pays all the bills and stuff okay Um, you know as as you do um, so this boy fo- uh, spoilers I guess but don't see this movie is the consensus so don't worry about it um he discovers his plot device girl next door ballet dancer neighbor is being sexually abused by her stepfather oh no yeah and the boy enacts an elaborate scheme to get revenge or like to avenge her not with it not talking to her of course i don't think they ever talk maybe they talk i don't know he doesn't tell her about it anyway the (laughs) So the boy enacts this elaborate avenge scheme to get rid of the stepfather. Then he dies of a brain tumor. What? Yep. And he leaves behind, like, a set of instructions. And the instructions are for his mother to murder the stepfather with a sniper rifle from the um, treehouse in their backyard so she, what the
2: i kind of want to see this now
1: she she then does it she's like yes my genius 11 year old son must have had a good reason to snipe the next door neighbor so she um plans to do it's not that, doesn't that sound like a batshit crazy movie <laughs> How does it end? Like, does I don't it...
2: know. Is that just the opening?
1: No, that's like most of the movie. Oh. It's like four different genres. Like the first half an hour is like this slice of life, like this yeah, quirky the, family. Those
2: sound like completely different movies. Mm-hmm.
1: Somebody said it was like trying to do um, like Wes Anderson Lifetime movie. You know, because it's, like, cor- quirky Wes Anderson, but then there's this, like, brain tumor and sexual assault of children plot. And then the mom, who's a, a first-person shooter player, I guess, which is why the oh. little boy thinks that she could also murder someone in real life. Right. Um,
2: yeah. He, I'm loving this movie. Also. Yeah,
1: yeah. So a bunch of the critics have said that it's going to be up there with, like, The Room as, like, things people watch to make fun of in 10 years. Um. Yeah. So, I see needless to say, the Star Wars community's reaction to this news has been fraught. As the community is like, really? Did you really entrust episode nine with this man? Are you going to fire him now, please? Um, and then torn between other people being like, it's fine, it's fine, look. Just. Uh, just- so, just breathe. It's going to be fine. So, I mean, I think there's so many. This could be, like, a whole podcast in itself. Um, I was just thinking about the reaction of um, sort of critics before uh, Wonder Woman came out to um, how many headlines there were about, like, uh, DC Warner Brothers, like, trusting um, this woman with their big franchise. Whereas, like, Patty Jenkins' last movie was, like, an Oscar winner. Oh. And... um,
2: so then why was would... yeah
1: because she's a woman and there's not oh right of um course. and and when female directors don't make the best movie ever it's a problem with female directors
2: yeah i remember that that was one of the interesting i haven't seen wonder woman yet but like i heard that you know like it wasn't perfect mm-hmm. and it was like everybody was like they use that as fuel to be like oh well you never should have entrusted this woman to yeah know this movie about yeah
0: yeah
1: so um it was like and uh and as well hearkening back to that that interview that kathleen kennedy gave about how come star wars doesn't have a female director yet and she's like well we don't you know we want to make sure that the female directors are nurtured or whatever so that we don't like throw them into the deep end um but the amount of like especially like white male directors who will be given control of a massive franchise after like one or two indie films yeah versus like what um, a female director has to get or has to
2: do to get that to prove yourself Mm -hmm. and there's just not a lot to pick from
1: yeah there's like this massive gulf so you look at someone like colin trevorrow who um, before jurassic world he had done safety not guaranteed you like indie time travel movie with aubrey plaza um and then he got jurassic world and then he got episode nine and then he's made this terrible movie in between and if he was a woman, I would guarantee you he'd never make another movie again.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Like yeah.
1: Hollywood would, he would just never get work again yeah. because it would be attributed to being a woman that yeah. he couldn't make movies. Yeah. So I'm sure he's capable of making a perfectly, like he's not writing episode nine. Um, I'm sure he can handle it. There'll be two movies to push him. But, yeah, uh, if he got replaced by somebody more competent, I would not be sorry because 'cause I've never seen one of his movies that I like um and uh, he just made a huge flop, replacing him with Patty Jenkins it was uh, you know, I don't yeah, know. seriously, so uh, it's just kind of one of those like shocking dichotomies of like this can happen, and it's not gonna be reflective of his career as a whole. It's not gonna sink his career. Um, to have made this movie that is of course so so bad yeah um which is not to say that
2: it should it's just i and i I think that's what um i heard a lot of the one of the posts that i was reading about wonder woman was like you know we should be allowed to make one subpar female superhero movie Mm -hmm. because it's and it's like it just like it's only because we only have like one of them yeah you know it's like um superhero movies with male leads like there's plenty of terrible ones yeah there's tons so it's like you know you gotta make a bunch and Mm -hmm. it's like there'll be good ones eventually it's it's but it's like because there's none to pick from it i don't know
1: and compared to a lot of the other superhero movies it's a better superhero movie than a lot of the other oh yeah yeah you saw
2: it Yeah. yeah what were your thoughts on it
1: um I liked it. I mean, I think it did have problems, right. and I had it. I thought I had some questionable casting choices. Yeah, um, I think you mentioned that. To yeah, me. yeah, but uh, especially compared to like, I don't think there's a since the first two like Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I don't think there's been a better DC um, like blockbuster.
2: They've mostly been bad, right? Yeah, they've all been terrible. Uh, yeah, and so I don't think there's been a better one. And this one's part of that universe, right? Hmm. Mm um so is there any like avengers style tie-ins yes oh yeah yeah are they any good
1: yeah well it's like uh the framing narrative is um bruce wayne sends her a gift oh from uh like because it's the framing narrative is in the present okay but the whole movie takes place during world war One. Oh, nice so it's like a flashback that sounds so really fun. So it starts off in like 2017 or whatever. Yep. And she gets a photograph of herself from World War I. And Bruce Wayne's like, maybe you'll tell me about this sometime. And she's like, ha, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so then it's like her flashing back to this whole story. And she's like, oh, wow, this photo, I haven't seen this in, you know, 80 years or whatever. Um, then the her whole backstory and then back to the present. So there's like that Bruce Wayne. Uh, connection. That's cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty good. Like, especially as a superhero movie, um, which is historically not a perfect genre. Like it's there's yeah. a good like I'm I'm really pumped for Black Panther. I think that, that movie, movie looks, looks really good. Yeah. Um I think Wonder Woman is on par with all the other Marvel superhero movies. Yep,
2: that um, sounds about right.
1: And it kinda like it's very disappointing that marvel hasn't done a female superhero movie considering how many they've done
2: i never yeah,
1: yeah. so it's like wonder it's like this is all we've got yeah. especially from these two like massive franchises
2: that's true there's been um, so many marvel movies
1: mm-hmm. and like no black widow movie even announced like they're just mm, not
2: doing no. a black widow they're movie. never gonna make a black widow movie no, no. so they
1: they don't have anything um so the that um and the the movie being shot like not through a boner lens <laughs> is um you know like where the point of view character is Diana yeah and yeah, yeah. she's the main character and it's um yeah there's like cool men too etc during world war 1 there also the villain is a woman uh or one of the two villains is a woman too cool. who's a, also another interesting character and it's got problems but um,
2: it sounds really good but it's a good
1: it's a it's a fun movie and um, yeah so it shouldn't hopefully Patty Jenkins will get more work and that we can make more superhero movies you know like Star Wars like even um, movies that star women and maybe eventually we'll get Movies that star women who aren't white, because we aren't there yet, apparently.
2: Wouldn't that be a novelty?
1: Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah. But Colin Trevorrow. Mm. Who knows? M- who knows? The jury's out with Colin Trevorrow. Yeah. That's um, yeah, so interesting. Like, I, I never really... Like, the Marvel movies are such junk food that i never i never even thought about that i was like yeah shit that's that's fucked up Mm -hmm. i can't believe we've had like there must be like 20 of them
1: there's a lot of movies i mean a lot of movies at least they had they had the agent carter tv show um they did and they have like jessica jones on the small screen
2: the main character of agent of shield is a girl too
1: yeah yeah but tv it's like they've always been it's, able to do easier, more yeah. with tv it tv is more progressive than get away with more than movies so yeah yep and like you didn't like looper i've never seen any of other ryan johnson's movies. i didn't just
2: not like it i thought it was like terrible
1: right so but i i feel like the things that ryan johnson's been saying about episode eight i've been a lot of like
2: peak. the other thing like i think we've talked about this already mm-hmm. Is like a lot of people really like Looper. Yeah. I'm just in I'm I'm I don't know. Yeah. I'm we should watch it. Yeah. We should watch it sometime to like so you can see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not that bad, I guess. It's just like there's some weird parts about it. And like so but I yeah, I trust what
1: Ryan Johnson's been saying and how he's been talking about episode 8.
2: I'm sure it'll be so. fine. Like I I think it's like Rogue One for me sets a really good like, from what, like, I, this is probably not the greatest thing to say, but it's like, I'm looking at the Star Wars movies from now on, like the Marvel movies. It's like, there's going to be one every year, maybe mm-hmm. two eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to get another really amazing Star Wars movie. And I, Like,
1: I, since, would you say, like, since the original trilogy? Or do you mean, like, what do you, like, where's, where's your stance on Force Awakens?
2: I think that force awakens I like force awakens mm-hmm. um but it's like it's not a fucking masterpiece, you know, like it I mean would, yeah, none of them ever have been well, well I, I don't know like i don't I don't know, like it's like I like force awakens, I also like fucking like Revenge of the Sith like yeah i'm I'm more in it for the long game mm-hmm. um I'm not in it for each movie to be perfect, yeah. I want lots of movies. I don't want perfect movies. Um, I want there to be failures and I want there to be highlights. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not mad because Rogue One wasn't what I wanted. It's like, um, what I want is fucking a Star Wars movie every year, two Star Wars TV shows, a bunch of comics, (laughs) and like supplementary books. Yeah. Um, Because like we've said, like some of the best stuff that's come out of it um, recently has been the books. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't have gotten those books if we hadn't gotten some kind of okay movies yeah you know like 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 rogue one has some great books associated with it and the movie wasn't perfect but Mm -hmm. but we would never have gotten those interesting books if we hadn't gotten that movie yeah so i guess that's my approach to like i'm keeping my expectations pretty low for the mainstream star wars movies yeah and like obviously like i think it's good to have hopes and and um uh like you know like we were we were saying this week we were talking about how um like i was saying there's there's no point getting mad about representation in disney films because it's like they're only ever going to make the the move that makes sense for their business Mm -hmm. but like as people who review media it's our job to get mad about it Mm -hmm. because if we if like people aren't getting mad about it it's never going to change
1: yeah they need like a critical cultural mass to start
2: if If everybody says it's bullshit then then they eventually have to respond to that um but right now not enough people are saying it's bullshit Mm -hmm. um you know where they're getting like um like the beauty and the beast thing where they got Mm -hmm. in trouble in other countries for having a like gay scene that nobody even noticed
1: yeah 20 seconds of a guy dancing with another guy yeah exactly so you know when they reveal that admiral akbar was gay the whole time and get banned in other countries exactly then like a fish guy like, you yeah. know
2: fish guy kisses another fish guy and yeah and the whole fucking franchise is <laughs> banned in china like yeah um anyway I think we should get onto our actual topic for yep. the week. We're already yep. half an hour in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a really good conversation. I think that needed to be had. But let's let's talk about Planet Mortis.
1: Yeah. I don't actually have that much to say about Guardians of the Wills.
2: I don't either. So we so can let's,
1: let's, we'll let's, focus on Legends and Clone Wars.
2: Let's focus on Legends. So, like, okay. spoilers all over the fucking map here. Okay. Um, uh, so if people don't want to be spoiled for this arc of the clone wars skip ahead to one hour and nine minutes um would you recommend they watch it yes i would say also yes um i think this and the arc we just watched is two of the more interesting and important arcs yeah it's like starting to actually be important like to the overall star wars story yeah yeah um i think these ones especially recently um are interesting curiosities. Um, there's really nothing else quite like the Mortis arc. Um, like so far, you mean? There's nothing else quite like this in Star Wars. Um, the characters that get introduced um, are basically demigods. Yeah. And uh, I don't really want to say too much more than that, but... Um, like before the, we go into the spoilers? Before we go mean? into the yeah. spoiler cut, but I would say... Um, yeah, if you don't want to get spoiled whatever i'm sure most of you don't care yeah so like let's talk about it okay um so uh synopsis i see you you have a synopsis i actually do yeah i'll just read it okay so the first episode is called you're always looking at my notes they're supposed to be secrets well it's fine um okay so the first episode's called overlords this is just from wikipedia because i didn't want to write a synopsis myself A mysterious force draws Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka to a distant planet and its inhabitants, a family of exceptionally powerful force wielders, in an attempt to determine whether Anakin is truly the chosen one. The patriarch of this family, known only as the Father, has spent ages maintaining the balance between his daughter, who is strong with the light side of the force, and his son, who aligns with the dark. The Father reveals his days are numbered, and he seeks Anakin to take his place as the fulcrum of the balance. A series of tests proves that Anakin is capable of controlling both offspring, as the father does, but Skywalker refuses to take the father's place. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much what happens in the first episode. Um, So what were your thoughts on the first episode?
1: Um, I definitely had a sense of like shit getting real for the Clone Wars. And, like, whoa! Like, I, I felt like Dave Filoni's hand was more obvious in this episode than in some of the other... Um, like, I, I, I could I agree, see yeah. his... Um, the the influence of some of the other stuff that comes later in Rebels. Totally. And especially in the sort of mysticism of the Force stuff, which uh, we hadn't really gotten into that much before. Um, I also... Like, want to roll my eyes?
2: There's some bullshit like, in these episodes.
1: Like, it's just, this, like, it's so Clone Wars.
2: They're, like, like when, when I finished watching all three of these, I was like, was that it? Really? Like, did any, was any of that fucking real? Yeah. Um, it's like, Anakin wakes up at the end of all three of these episodes. Like, we have some adventures with these demigods. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was this just a big metaphor inside of Anakin's head? turns out it's not i yeah i looked into it okay yeah. um so it, but like when i was watching this first episode i'm like is any of this even real um like is there anything is there such a thing as the the daughter and the son or are these just manifestas- manifestations right. of the dark side and the light side mm-hmm. because the father's saying he wants anakin to control his children i'm like yes yeah, it was such is, a
1: weird concept
2: i was like i feel like this is a metaphor right now Mm -hmm. and and um especially like it was cool we got to see qui-gon in this episode yeah um like each of the characters like ahsoka and obi-wan and anakin who go into this strange world have visits from kind of spirits Mm -hmm. um and obi-wan gets to see qui-gon who kind of explains what this place is Mm -hmm. um and he's like it's basically like um what do you it's like the astral plane in D D. yeah you know like or it's like a plane of the force where it's like we're not really in the physical plane anymore we're in like uh like a side dimension which mm-hmm. is like made up more of raw force yeah um and things work differently here but like the whole the whole when i was watching all three of these episodes i was i just had my i was like bullshit detector yeah i was like is this real i mean there's some other bullshit too like the whole like ahsoka's agency being taken away and the the second part there um was really weird for me Mm -hmm. um but like the whole throughout the whole thing i was like is any of this even fucking does any of this matter Mm. should i be caring right now right um turns out yes i think i think it was important um the scene where Anakin, uh, ha- he like he has that scene with his mom was pretty cool. Yeah, he has
1: a vision of his mother.
2: And it turns out it wasn't actually his mom; it was actually this manifestation. Like it was mm-hmm. the son who was manipulating him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then also we have the what is Ahsoka? Ah, Ahsoka sees herself older. Yeah, which was cool because mm-hmm. um, she doesn't look that different than she looks in in. Uh, I mean, she looks a lot hotter in Rebels, but like the model is kind of weird looking. But, yeah. but um, Her she, outfit was really similar, which was her cool. Her outfit was really similar to how she looks in uh, in Rebels, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I would guess that's why I remember people being really upset about Ahsoka's Rebels redesign. And I guess this is why. Because we actually see grown-up Ahsoka in Clone Wars, and she looks quite a bit different. Like her um, yeah, Montrels and her so. Leku are different. So people were upset that she looked different, but I like her rebels design. Me so.
2: too. I think she looks really good. Um, yeah. So like Anakin has this this point where he like realizes that you know this whole place is not real. It's more like he can control it if he like calms his inner self or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that part was kind of cool. Um, like there's that part where there's like. That kind of Batman moment where it's like, you have to choose between your two friends. Yeah, and he saves them both. And he saves them both. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, it was interesting and weird and yeah. kind of surreal and very, like, mythical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, after we talk about these episodes, I want to talk about the context for them. Yeah. Um, because I feel like all of these episodes make way more sense if you were reading the books released at the time. That's cool. Because I, I feel like that was what was missed. Myth- I was like, why am I... I feel like there's they're referencing something here that mm-hmm. I'm not getting. And I want to talk about that after we yeah. talk about the episode, okay. though. Um, so the second episode was called Alter of Mortis. Um, and it's like, before they can leave Mortis, the son takes Ahsoka captive um, in an attempt to entice Anakin into joining him to use the combined strength to overpower his father and the sister. Um, To this end, the son casts Ahsoka under the spell of the dark side. I didn't like that part. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was weird that he can just possess people, um, especially because they decided to pick, like, the young girl instead of, like, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, But it's like, if you can do that, why don't you just do that with all three of them? Yeah. Um, It was like the rules in this world were very, like, it was very dreamlike. And I guess that was intentional. Um, Anyway, um, and then while that's happening, the father is attempting to stave off a disastrous showdown between his children and maintain the force's increasingly precarious balance on the planet. Uh, Fearing that the son may be unstoppable, the daughter does the forbidden by taking Obi-Wan to the altar of Mortis, wherein is kept the dagger of Mortis, a a weapon capable of killing a force wielder. I mean, one of these, the ones, not yeah. any of Yeah,
1: because you could definitely also stab him with a lightsaber. Exactly.
2: Um, the son steals the weapon and attempts to use it against his father to steal his power and end his rule, but the daughter sacrifices herself, placing herself in front of the blade. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, and then I think one of the things we also, it's not in the synopsis, mm-hmm. and I think that it is the most relevant to the rebels. Mm-hmm. Plot line is that ahsoka is revived by the power of the daughter yes um she gives up like the
1: last of her life to.
2: she's dead ahsoka's dead yeah and she gets brought back to life by the last of the essence of this being of basically pure light side
1: oh so hence the like you were talking about the convors last
2: uh, we can get into uh, yeah, okay. that let's, let's like okay. wait to get into that okay. But but like basically like There's this big question right now of whether Ahsoka lives or Ahsoka lives. Right. And, and like, um, I think, of course, she's alive. Mm -hmm. She has to be living. Like, otherwise, it wouldn't be a question. Dave would have just been like, no, she's dead. Yeah. Right? Um, Like, imagine if he's like, no, she's actually dead. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, (laughs) like... It wouldn't have have been so ambiguous if she was actually dead.
2: My current theory is that, based on who this was, and I'm going to get into a bit more of the Legends background after... I think that Ahsoka still has a remnant of that power inside her, um, which maybe maybe she goes on to become, like, the new manifestation of the light side, or maybe um, it allows her to become a force ghost. Like, um, whatever it was that magically... Like, we see plots like this in other things, yeah. right? Where, like, um, you know, like, if a mystical being, like, revives you from the dead sometime... Like, Steven Universe this week, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, it changes you. And, yeah. um, like, maybe Ahsoka... Um, when she dies, like something happens, right? Because we do have those, those trading cards of her being guided by the convo and mm-hmm. like there's that whole thing where the convoy has the same colors as mm-hmm. and the, the daughter. Da- the
1: daughter turns into
2: turns into animals. animals. She, she's like a, animals, like a,
1: hipp- like a hippogriff, basically,
2: or a griffin, like, yeah, yeah. like a, yeah, like a like a bird with feet with deer, um,
1: like a sort of yeah,
2: yeah like it, it wouldn't be a it. it the Convor thing is kind of convoluted, looted, but well <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the name of this week's
2: episode <laughs> and uh um uh, there's like Dave maybe we can just do a little sidetrack here and talk sure. about it. so Dave Filoni's actually commented on the whole Convor thing okay, um so the convore um the plural form of Convor is convores mm-hmm. um and Dave's wife, I believe is called Convorese. I think that's her name okay, so the Convor is actually named after wife mm-hmm. so we're assuming it's somewhat important right um, and he's he's gone on the record to say that yes the convoy is important mm-hmm. um, it is an avatar of something we've seen before okay um, he didn't say necessarily a person mm-hmm. um, like and then the third thing he said was um, if you know what the convoy represents it adds depth and meaning to the show um, so I think it would be too simplistic to say that, you know, it the convoy is the daughter. Yeah. Um, but I think there is some sort of connection there, mm-hmm. possibly, um, because he has gone on record to say the convoy is important. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in more of a symbolic context rather than a literal context. Um, like, I think it's more... Um, yeah, it's like for symbolism rather than it literally being... Yeah, um, you know, Ahsoka getting reincarnated into a owl or a mm-hmm. wolf or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have that set of trading cards which he also said were important. Um, of the owl, kind of like leading her or the convoy, leading mm-hmm. leading her into the underworld, um, which are kind of like vague and ambiguous. Um, but yeah, so the other interesting. So I have some convoy news. Oh, okay. Um, so. Let's uh, open up the page here. Um, do you remember those bird like creatures on Octo? Yes. So, the person who actually saw them has described them as having razor sharp teeth, which doesn't sound very combo like. Right. Um, but they see themselves as the protectors of the island. Um, and people have said that they're a mix between a puffin and a Furby. Huh. What does that kind of remind hmm. you of? Right? like uh furbies are kind of yeah owl like yeah. kind of like yeah um and uh i think anyway that's and they i think that the other part that people latched onto to was they see themselves as the guardians of octo <laughs> and I, I also heard somewhere that they're about like 15 inches tall oh so they're not they're like little hu- not humanoid
1: oh they're
2: like creatures huh. huh um or i mean they could be humanoid right but like they're little hmm I was like that could like for someone who's never watched rebels, yeah, um, and I don't think this person has um it's like that could easily be a, a, what convoys look like outside of the animated universe,
1: yeah, hmm,
2: so hmm. that would be an interesting um you know if the convoys do represent the like like my best guess is that they represent the light side of the force, yeah um and uh you know like kind of like guides mm-hmm. um and, uh, I think that it would be interesting to see them in, in the, in Octo, mm-hmm. like, or octo or whatever. Um, I don't know. It would be cool to see them in the real life yeah, universe. And, like, that would be pretty interesting.
1: You know what's, I, I'm sure everyone would agree, or a lot of people would agree on this. You know what the most tragic thing is about the, um, books to movies, TV, like, yeah. universe? Is that. And with everything being prequels is that there's no Ahsoka shows up to guide Luke and Leia in like yeah. Empire Strikes Back and Re- Return of the Jedi. Because if you think about like in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, the way that they spend, like there's so much setup of Ahsoka and Vader being the like this sort of like rivals and this like master apprentice light side dark side um they both left the jedi um you know like there's like so much uh in that relationship that it's such a shame that
2: we can't there's no way to insert her into that story yeah
1: she doesn't get um like uh, obi-wan having that relationship with luke is appropriate yeah but Imagine Ahsoka being on yeah. Yavin 4 with Luke and like being a part of the rebellion still and like having, imagine that relationship.
2: Um, it would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it, I agree.
1: It's a shame with that kind of uh, retconning that, um, that I mean, can you, never happen.
2: You never know. Like we might, we might still see Ahsoka in the Obi-Wan movie. We might still. Yeah. Um, You never know. Like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. there's no way to tell but imagine
1: if yoda if ahsoka had been the yoda
2: yeah like i, m- I mean yes that would be really cool but
1: like I, obviously that's
2: like goals but like I'm, su- <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's fanfic of that yeah but like i think realistically we're probably gonna s- like it would not surprise me to see her in a live action context later on mm-hmm. It'd be cool um in some capacity uh yeah okay so the third episode um this was the one where we get the darth vader vision yeah the jedi remains stranded on mortis and the sun aligned with the dark side of the force renews his efforts to convert anakin as the jedi prepare for a decisive confrontation anakin is stunned by images of his dark future so he sees like him doing all the bad stuff and mm-hmm. becoming darth vader um the sun promises him the power to avert this destiny the father like, basically gives him the Palpatine deal. Yeah. The father recognizes that the son has broken the rules of time. He wipes Anakin's memory of these future visions and steals the Mortis dagger to end the conflict. The father impales himself, thus preventing the son from stealing his power. The son, stunned by this, is run through by Anakin. With all three Force wielders destroyed, the imbalance in the Force appears on Mortis. The three Jedi are transplanted back into the galaxy proper... Apparently, at the moment that they disappeared, um, the Jedis see Oh, no, that's that's my own talk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, at the moment, they disappeared. Right. Um,
1: yeah, so uh, one of the things... the, One of the cool things about the Force vision itself was seeing... Anakin's, like, because all the stuff that he sees are from the movies. Yes. Which was cool to see animated. We see him fighting Obi-Wan. We see him choking Padme. We see Alderaan um, blow up. Like, a bunch of stuff, like, from the movies, but realized in the cartoon, which is kind of a cool...
2: It was very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the thing that struck me the most about this episode... I texted you about this. Um, was... So, Anakin sees this Force vision... The sun offers him, like, a way out, and Anakin's, like... And he's, like, hey... He just w- takes it. We can destroy the imbalance. We'll destroy Palpatine, or you're evil. Like, we'll, we'll see this guy who you don't know is Palpatine, but whoever is going to do this to you will destroy him... And we'll like take over the galaxy together. And
2: it- I believe the exact words you used were, "Anakin like always needs a strong man in his life. He does. And like just like <laughs> the minute the minute that strong man shows up, yeah, he's just like, yeah, sure,
1: yeah, let's do
2: it, let's do it together.
1: Yeah, um, he does, which is
2: actually kind of interesting when you think of him as Vader offering Luke the same thing. Yeah, where he's like, because that's what Anakin would have wanted, mm-hmm. is like, like that's actually kind of really interesting. Yeah, but like when when um anakin makes that offer to luke it's like join me and together we'll rule the it's Mm -hmm. like anakin would have said yes
1: yes yes and anakin would have been grateful
2: yeah he would have been like thank you for just like giving me this option yeah um like
1: okay and i think this
2: goes super interesting this goes
1: back to like our whole discussion about anakin as a character where um uh i think like putting aside the sort of eye rolling father figure part of it, like where he didn't have a father and he just had a mother and like, yeah, let's put that's put gross. Putting let's aside start. that yeah. side, I think, um, like tracing back through Anakin's like childhood, lack of agency, having been grown up a slave where, um, other people control his life. Um, he's, constantly finding himself in a position where he is even though he is he's got a rebellious heart and he likes to do his own thing he has this like deep seated um conditioning to accept being told what to do and um like he's got that he had that in qui-gon when qui-gon is like come with me you'll be a jedi i'll tell you what to do and he's like cool got it can do um, when Qui-Gon dies, Obi-Wan takes over. When Obi-Wan cuts him loose, um, because he's now... Uh, he doesn't need him anymore. He's like, I'm not your master anymore. You're a Jedi Knight. Anakin's yeah. like... Huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, well and I, th- I think even it starts earlier where like obi-wan tries to think of him more as a brother yeah but anakin doesn't need that yeah anakin would probably be more comfortable if he did take more of the reins and mm-hmm. yeah anyway mm-hmm.
1: and and we see that it's like his vulnerability to palpatine is so understandable in that context like and palpatine does really feed into that yeah. um sort of paternal master kind of thing and Seeing him do it again with, um, like, he rejects the father, like, in in the Mortis
2: Arc, the Mortis father's because deal. The, the father wants him to become... The father. The father. Yeah. And, and he's like, I don't want to be in charge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then when the son offers Anakin the opportunity to, like, join me, basically, I'll be in charge. Yeah. We'll fix it together. Anakin's like, that sounds really good. Yes. I need this. Um, and... Yeah, it's like he jumps at the first opportunity, and I think that's just it. It was a really interesting moment, and then when he gets his memory wiped, he forgets it happened. So he, he's like, "I'm fine." Um,
2: yeah, that was a bit of a conceit. Yeah, but yeah, but it
1: keeps happening to him, and I really like um, your insight about like him and Luke, where uh, that yeah. would have been a seductive offer for him.
2: Yeah, he's trying to do what he thinks. Yeah, yeah um absolutely
1: and i've always uh, like we've always thought of that offer as being genuine and i think most people do i agree take take that offer as genuine he does want to destroy palpatine he does want to have a relationship with luke and he does want like he's like i can be the father now like i'm grown up now like i can be that for you um which is what i needed um and luke doesn't uh it's very sad. Yeah, so very upsetting. Yeah, Anakin is a, a a sad character, and it made me sad when he agreed so readily because um, the the son in this um, arc was a a very he's a stern character.
2: Heck yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was also Sam Witwer, by the way.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So he he was you know he was a strong character, and, um, <laughs> Anakin
2: is, uh... Are you saying you thought he was hot? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, well, no.
2: <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> that's, that's not what I said. All right, you're just making a face right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I'm saying that Anakin is into it.
2: You relate to Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> is what you're trying to say. Uh
1: In general, I don't relate
2: to Anakin, but... Fair. I'm saying Anakin was into it. So I, I'm also saying Anakin was into it. Yeah. Right. Anyway. I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Um. Okay. So are we ready to to pull back the curtain mm-hmm. and re- mm-hmm. receive some much needed legends backgrounds yes. on this
1: episode? Yeah. So hit me.
2: Okay. So there's a father, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a daughter and the son. Do you ever wonder if there's a mother? Star Wars, so
1: I didn't wonder.
2: There is, and she's a major lore character. Whoa! And she was the villain of a lot of the extended canon. Whoa! And she's basically the devil. <gasps> Whoa! Yep. Um. So her name is Um, Abeloff. Mm-hmm. And she starts out as a normal human. Hmm. So like. Uh, the background of the, like, a lot of the background of who these characters are is actually explained in Legends. Okay. So this is not canon. Anymore. Anymore. But it was at the time that this episode was produced. Right. right? So, yeah, anyway. Oh, whoa. Yeah, whoa. Um, so she doesn't always look like that. But she's basically, so, like, basically, like, it doesn't actually say this in this article, but the way I took it is that, um the daughter and the son are good and evil Mm -hmm. the father is law the mom is chaos ah right right um like they're like this you know the law is keeping the balance yeah but it's like there's also like imbalance which Mm -hmm. is chaos so like the um basically like the daughter and the son are um like celestial beings like ancient beings right Mm -hmm. and their father is too and like on their home planet, there was this thing called. There we go, um, the Font of Power and the Pool of Knowledge. Whoa! Right. So this gets very Garden of Eden. Okay. <laughs> like this is basically, like I think it's actually kind of it's like kind of fucked up, but also at the same time kind of interesting how st- how the Star Wars Eden story subverts it in a very Star Wars way. Hmm. Um. Uh, so the font of power is basically this dark side well. Okay. And the sun either drinks from it or bathes in it, I forget, and, um, he gets imbued with all this dark side energy. Okay. So, like, he wasn't always like this. Right. Um, it's because he chose, like, these two things are forbidden by the Mm, father. Right. Get it? Classic. Right? So, like, in, you know, in the Garden of Eden story, we have God, and he's like, you know, like, Adam and Eve, like, hey, don't eat that fruit. It's the front of knowledge or whatever. Yeah. Um, but in the Star Wars universe, we have two things, mm-hmm. um, one dark side and one light side. And one of each of his kids, um, consumes each one. Okay. Like the daughter bathes in the pool, the, the son like drinks from the font. Right. Right. And they both get imbued with dark side and light side energies. Okay. Um, and I think this could be take like, according to this, this could be taken as metaphor, mm-hmm. just, just like the Eden story. Right. Um, or it could be taken literally.
1: Right. Cause it's Star Wars.
2: Um, yeah, exactly. So it's unclear whether, how much of this is true, but, um, so Abeloth, who's kind of like, almost like, uh, Lilith kind of stuff? Anyway, <laughs> um, so she's, um, she wasn't always called that, that's like her
1: demon name, demon thing. name,
2: you know? Um, and, uh, although I do think it's interesting that her name's kind of biblical anyway, like, it's yeah. Abel, but, uh, anyway, um, she's a normal human who, like, takes care of the family, okay like she gets adopted by the family and takes care of them but like once the two kids start fighting because they're dark side and light side now Mm -hmm. she tries to step in and stop them but she can't right so So, is she
1: not their actual mom
2: no okay but she's like becomes kind of their okay yeah yeah exactly um and so what happens is she's like well i need the power to intervene so Mm -hmm. she bathes in the pool. And drinks from the Mm. fonts, And the combined energies of the dark side and the light side basically drive her mad. Whoa. Um, And she starts to become, like, um, the words used are she starts to dominate her kids. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, Well,
1: I mean, the dad kind of does that, too.
2: Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, But basically, she goes a little bit off the rocker. Like, she she becomes super evil. Mm Mm-hmm. Or actually, I would argue super chaotic. Right. Because she's not about, um, anyway. Um, and they all lock her up in this, like, they they build, like, a prison for her on this planet because she gets out of control. She's too powerful. Classic. Um, so that's kind of what unites the family and, mm. like, imprisoning her. And, like, there's a bunch of Legends stuff where they, like, work with some of the Legends people to, like, right. build center point station and stuff that's right okay in legends so the interesting thing is like all of this lore came out before this episode of the clone wars
1: oh that's cool
2: right yeah at least i think like i looked it up and the timeline seem mm. like i'm pretty sure most of this stuff is from around 2006 2007 and mm-hmm. the episodes of the clone wars we watched are from 2011 oh wow clone wars was more recent than i thought it was um clone wars basically ended two years before rebels started hmm um I thought it was older than that. Um, I'm less willing to forgive it now. Um, (laughs) um, So anyway, Abeloth uh, becomes like, um, she's in prison for a whole bunch of years. And then like, she's awoken in the modern timeline um, by, I think, Jason Solo. Okay. Yeah. Turning super evil. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, him turning super evil, like, shifts the balance of the force right. and awakens her okay and she's like the major villain for like background villain whoa for a lot of the um i think it's called legacy of the jedi books okay cool um, and she can like infect people she can possess people she can be multiple places at once well she becomes a senator at one point and <laughs> takes over the senate oh no like <laughs> yeah she's one of those characters yeah um And I believe her character never gets any resolution because those books just stop being published at a a certain point. Right. Um, But, like, learning... I think just learning that um, kind of the origin of these characters, that, like, they're not metaphors for the dark side and the light side. They, like... Embody them. Embody them. Hmm. And it seems like, from what I've been reading... When their relationship changes to each other, it mm-hmm. affects the whole force. Whoa, right? So they're they're kind of like the um, avatars of mm-hmm. these things in the force. Um, it's like when you hear stories about um, you know the god of time loses a hand, and and um, yeah, the day is suddenly one hour shorter. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. So um, it's really specific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referencing. I'm referencing. So, if you yeah. get that reference, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. It's like that. So yeah, like, that's cool. So the um, like when these events happen in the Clone Wars, um, in the books, Luke learns this story. Whoa. And it helps explain why the Force is out of balance now. Mm-hmm. So the Force, like, after this event, um, apparently this is what kind of unbalanced the Force.
1: I thought they said... I thought the father said at the end of the episode that now the planet was in balance because all three of them were dead.
2: Apparently. But apparently, like, what happened in the future, like, Luke, Luke says, is that they need to become the new, the new um, ones Okay. to rebalance the Force hmm. or something. Anyway, it's not important. It's Legends. Right. But, but anyway, it's cool that there's context, like, the, um, the characters in those new books of, like, New Republic or whatever timeline in the future... Think, like, think of these stories as, like, they're referencing the stories of these Clone Wars yeah. in the novels, and, and they're affecting what happens.
1: Yeah, and if you think about, like, when you were saying about this, like, that the Clone Wars um, is supported by legends, Yeah. Um, I was thinking about just, like, all this stuff is now, like, and how, you know, we're reading all these books and these comics, and they're directly tying in providing often
2: giving this necessary background yeah
1: Yeah. to to all these like the tv shows and the movies and stuff but of course as soon as um disney took over and legend or the eu was declared legends then like clone wars is kind of the only thing left other than the the movies themselves like clone wars is the only thing that's both
2: it is clone wars is that bridge um and like for me it's interesting like at one point is clone wars going to be declared legends yeah or I, mean, I, don't, I don't think it will be just because of the D- day of connection yeah um but i, I think it's inter- like it makes me kind of want to read some of those books now because of the tie-in right mm-hmm. it's like um it's like the phenomenon that we were talking about with Assage ventris yes Where are like for a little while there the genny tartakovsky sk- the genny tartakovsky series introduces Assage Ventress. Mm-hmm. And the Clone Wars advances her character. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, that cartoon became not canon. Yeah. So she came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, It's like that phenomenon on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Like, what other stuff don't we know about? Because Legends introduced it. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's no longer canon, so we never thought to investigate it. And,
1: like, what, it, especially with Clone Wars, like, how much Clone Wars stuff is legends driven yeah. that we'll just never know about or probably not know about? Exactly. Yeah, that's really cool.
2: It's like I was saying there's, like, a lot of background about the Night Sisters. Right. That isn't canon anymore.
1: Yeah, and, like, so what does that mean? Like, when we, when we, and, like, for canon, like, if we're looking at the Mortis arc from a canon perspective, what is happening there? Who knows and like is there an abaloth in canon like are they guarding this prison we don't know because it's not in the text anymore so it could be anything
2: yeah basically huh in the text also like this like it's explained that mortis is basically another plane of existence okay and that monolith was an entrance to that plane it wasn't a um it wasn't like inside it right wow um Anyway, yeah, Hmm. so, like, there's there's a lot to get into if you want to go there. Yeah. Um, So, I think my current operating theory Mm -hmm. is that I think a lot of the stuff in Legends um, is hypothetically canon. Mm. Mm -hmm. Until we, it's like, it's not canon yet, but, like, like Thrawn. Yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if they reintroduce concepts like this. Mm-hmm. Um, just slightly retailored to fit new events. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing about this episode is that there is a deleted scene. Okay. Between, um, where the son is talking to Darth Revan and Darth Malak.
1: Whoa. Or, or
2: maybe it's Darth Bane. It's Revan and someone else. Uh, yeah, I think it's Bane. Yeah. Darth, Whoa. Darth Bane and Darth Malak.
1: And like Darth Bane. Uh, Darth Bane and Darth Revan. His book is also not canon anymore.
2: Yeah. A lot of people think, like, Revan's one of the most likely characters to be brought back. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably true, um, because of a lot of the history and events that I've read about, at least, like, kind of hinge on his existence mm-hmm. um, in some capacity. So, like, yeah, Darth is no longer canon, Darth Revan's no longer canon, but, like, it would not be surprising for them to reuse those concepts, yeah. those names, yeah. um, and retailer them. But if you... It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. Cool. Um it's like a scene where he's like it's kind of revealed that he's being manipulated by the ghosts of these ancient sith lords whoa and george lucas cut it because he was like this is not quite in this this is not right. i don't want this to be canon um which i think is probably good mm-hmm. but it, like just imagine though like hmm. if they had those two characters would be canon now
1: yeah yeah that's so weird yeah wow
2: like there's a Clone Wars model for both of those characters. Cool. Let's l- watch that after this. We can totally do that.
1: Cool. Wow. Well, that's a whole that's a whole thing. Good job. Thanks. So interesting.
2: Yeah, I did all of that research this morning, pretty much, because I was like really mad about like so. Without any of that context, I was kind of mad at these episodes. I was like, "What was the point of any of this? Is this going to affect anything going on going mm-hmm. further? Because these characters never appear again." Yeah. Um, and I was like, but like, I think given that, that context, it made this, these episodes more interesting because like, um, maybe we will see this stuff keep, like, yeah. there was an interview with Dave Filoni where he says that we haven't seen the last of the ones. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That was back in Clone Wars when he said that. Right. When he still thought Clone Wars was going to be canceled, but who knows, right? Hmm. Okay, we should really uh, get to... Okay, let's, yeah, wrap up our... and time. and time. So
1: that's the end of Clone Corner for this week. And now we're on to the book club, which will probably be a little shorter this week.
2: I don't have that much to say. Yeah. I have a few interesting insights. Um, I thought it was cool that they had that time skip halfway through the book. Yeah. Bottom. Yeah.
1: And then they kept... Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting about the structure of the last half of the book was um, they set up, like, an operation that they were going to do, and they kept cutting back and forth to them talking to all the people involved in the operation yep. in between scenes of it actually happening in real time. And then by the end of it, you see it all come together. It was very um, cinematic. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah,
2: um, I, I thought it was a nice way to tie up the whole, like, to have them tie together the orphanage stuff and Mm -hmm. the it it tied together all those like minor characters that we've introduced throughout the story
1: yeah so uh spoiler warning here from the rest of the episode to uh for greg ruka's guardians of the wills basically the plot of the second half of the book is that um once Bays and truitt agree to work for saw guerrera they um escalate the war between the empire and the partisans on Jeddah. um it's a shit show uh, Bays and Truett eventually start feeling, you know, conflicted about it, um, and they concoct a plan to have the orphans um, get out off the planet in a shuttle. They steal an Imperial shuttle, and the Sagarera agrees. But his partisans try to hi- hijack the shuttle to blow up the Star Destroyer in orbit. And um,
2: but based on the relationships we've built throughout yeah. the book. Chirrut convinces all of the Saw's people to let the let orphans go, go. Yeah. And which I thought was cool because I didn't really expect any of those things to go anywhere. Yeah.
1: And so the orphans and uh, one of the orphan caretakers escape uh, Jetta and hopefully have a better life somewhere else.
2: Hopefully. I thought this was also a really good way to... It was like you couldn't have them really win mm-hmm. because it's a prequel. Yeah. But I thought it like gives them a small victory... Um, which, like, represents the overall struggle. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, I would say, having reread this entire book, I would not say this is required reading. Um, it was entertaining mm-hmm. and fun if you like those characters. Yeah, I think I would not put this on my list of, like, there's no new stuff established mm-hmm. that you need to know. Um, I liked the representation of Saw, Mm. I thought he was a nice mix of the Saw we see in Rebel Rising, who's a bit softer, Mm -hmm. and the one we see in the movie, or even in Rebels, who's a bit more hardcore fanatic. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, we do definitely see, um, we have certain scenes with him, like the one with Baze, Mm -hmm. um, where he's kind of reasonable, and like you kind of get his point of view, and... I just like that because it's, like, so easy to write him as a two-dimensional character. Like, I feel like they kind of did in Rebels.
1: Yeah, and they definitely, like,
2: go a little too far with him in Rebels. Yeah, I thought it was a little... I didn't like how he was in Rebels.
1: He's too easy to make into a fanatic.
0: Absolutely. But he is a
1: complex character, and I think um, it's a shame when that isn't honored.
2: Agreed. Um, He's appeared in so many things now. Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? I can't wait
1: for his episodes in Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, he's going to be in more episodes of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. Or or Rebel. Oh, yeah. And in Rebels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think, like, if you're a Bazin Turret fan, this is, like, who this book is for. Yeah, yeah. If
2: you like those characters. Yeah,
1: the, like, main value of this book is their character development and their banter. Because there's a lot of both. And, like, those characters are sort of well-developed. In the book, and their relationship is very authentic, very true to the movie, and feels really genuine yep um I think the last word of the whole book is together, you know like they walk off the out of the spaceport together at the end of the book and Super. you're like, phase nah. and tur, yeah, um, so if you wanted more out of those characters, I think this is a really if you want
2: more queer baiting in Star Wars, this is where you sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They're just really good friends who do all the friend stuff together. And
2: never want to be apart and live together. Yeah. It's fine. I was saying, I texted you this week, and I'm like, you know, Bates and Shirt are kind of the Ernie and Bert of Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah. It's like these characters who just, like, live together and are inseparable. Yeah. And, like, one of them's grumpy and one of them's a fucking troll. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like... Yeah. They're pretty much, like, and, like, you know yeah the company will never admit they're gay but like they're totally gay
1: even the bays is like the big one and uh turret is like the one with the round head because he's bald yeah no (laughs) exactly yeah no exactly (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah, it's like yeah
1: it's very accurate comparison
2: yeah um Mm -hmm. there's some cool little details here that i i just want to mention um i like that like i was looking back like you know there's a lot of mentions of characters and we were like oh i recognize that from the visual dictionary Mm -hmm. um so it turns out almost every single character mentioned is in the visual dictionary which is cool and like a lot of the plot details we were looking through it before we started podcasting Mm -hmm. a lot of the plot details are lifted directly from the visual dictionary yeah um which from what we know the visual dictionary was written ahead of time And that shit was just made up by Pablo.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: So this guy wrote a whole book based on some little blurbs that Pablo made up for the Visual Dictionary. Yeah. Which is hilarious and amazing. Um,
1: And, like, so emblematic of Star Wars and, like, the way the extended universes get
2: written. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, like a whole book about how Han Solo got his striped pants. And it's, like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. Get ready for that. Because that's
2: what we're getting. Like, like that's
1: that's pablo's least favorite legends thing is the han solo striped pants thing he rants
2: about it a lot it's a thing yeah um i think (laughs) it's very stylish um but the corellian blood stripes is that what they're called (laughs) yeah holy fuck
1: that's not canon anymore that's a legends thing i can't
2: wait till we get that scene in the new movie where han solo goes shopping with lando and he gets his iconic han pants yeah which he never takes off for the next 30 years (laughs) yeah like what the fuck right or it's like you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna have that scene in the new han solo movie where like you know like throughout the whole movie like um What's his name? The actor?
1: Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah,
2: Ed, Ed, isn't it Ed? No, the guy who plays Lando. Oh, Lando. Uh, Donald Glover. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's like we got the whole movie. I could have just said Lando, I guess. Right. Um, we get like the whole movie. He's got a full beard, and then at the end of the movie, he's shaved, and he's like, "Kind of looks good with just the mustache." <laughs> like we yeah. have all of these like these like little origin stories for things we don't need. I
1: thought you were <laughs> gonna say that the guy who plays like Han Solo's adopted dad. They're like his pants. Oh yeah! And like when he dies, partway through the movie, like
2: Han gets his <laughs> pants. One day these will be big enough for you. His spe- his special pants. Yeah, no. <laughs> I guarantee you, we're gonna get some of yeah. that. Some of that dumb shit. Like, yeah. Um... Or
1: Chewie gets his bandolier, or like something. But it'll be a, it'll be a Han thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're
1: gonna have the scene where he gets the Millennium Falcon, right?
2: Well, yeah, and I think that's kind of a cool cool one to have. That would be an appropriate one. I feel like that's an appropriate one to have. Um, Or, like, the whole movie, it could belong to to Mm Tolando. And then at the end of the movie, he gets it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless this is going to be a Han Solo trilogy, and we're just setting up the first adventure. Right, right. Which would don't fucking do that to me. Yeah. Um, What was I fucking talking about? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> we were talking about Han Solo's pants, just the details in the visual dictionary being made a whole book out of. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, no, and that's yeah, it's funny, but like I, I don't, I'm fine with that. Yeah, um,
1: because so, they don't like affect the greater.
2: No. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I don't know how I didn't know this, but like that, Jeddah has kyber crystal mines. I thought they were just. I thought the Empire was ransacking kyber crystals from the temples
1: yeah i don't know if that was clear in the movie they did say that it makes
2: a lot more sense though because like if they're there for a long time like it wouldn't take them that long to like Mm. get the crystals out of the temple Mm. so like it makes more sense that there was a mining
1: and i think maybe it's like in the movie because they're talking about the mines in the movie um like how the death star attack is said to be a mining accident um Mm. but it's probably kind of need to know in the on the imperial side that they're mining kyber crystals like, oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, maybe that's why it's not made explicit.
2: Um, I thought it was cool that they talk about phasing out the ATDPs for ATSTs. <laughs> yeah, which is like it's like we used to, the ones we see in Rebels, mm-hmm. and now we don't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know.
1: And it's cool because the ATST, which is still kind of silly, is clearly a better version of the ATDP.
2: Absolutely. Um, and apparently, the ATDP is based on those little hoppers that the clones have. Oh. Uh, the, like, smaller walkers. Yeah. Which we're going to be able to play in Battlefront. Cool. Um, yeah, anyway. So, like, apparently, like, the smaller one is, like, used for patrolling cities right. and stuff. And then the, the bigger one is for wars. Right. So it's like an evolution.
1: That makes sense.
2: This shit is dumb, but, you know, yeah. it's, I liked it. Um, what else? Oh, okay. This, I really like this. Okay. Okay, so I love how... Beezer was the one who was the second in command mm-hmm. because it gives you this really fucked up and interesting parallel to Jabba mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. his brother is the second in command of Jabba. Yeah. So And like Saw's kind of got his whole like, yeah. st- like
1: weird like, like, like cantina
2: d- yeah. temple thing. I'm um, like, it like gives it gives Saw this really interesting parallel to Jabba. And it's yeah. like, um I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting and
1: saw I, even has like his rancor which is like his um bort, yeah. bort gullet.
2: it's like I don't, I don't know what that's saying about saw, saw or what it's saying about jabba but it's like kind of an interesting yeah. parallel i guess um an unlikely but interesting mm-hmm. parallel um hm. I, I don't know i just thought that was kind of cool because i i didn't get the sense that beezer was his second in command and the movie no but in this book we he's the like or he's the one to execute operations yeah he's like in charge um,
1: um yeah it's a pretty cute book it's
2: i thought it was pretty good mm.
1: it's an easy read it's short it doesn't take long what's um,
2: what's your normal rating and cutie rating
1: um okay i'm gonna say three and a half
2: yeah I would say three and a half.
1: I would give it a four in general, like as a like writing and characterization, but in terms of importance, I'm gonna knock a point off for just being a little side story.
2: I usually give things a four if I feel hungry to read more. Mm. Um, It's like a three is like it was okay. A four is like hungry to read more Mm -hmm. and kind of importance. Yeah. A five is like real good. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I would say three and a half, where it's like. I kind of wanted to know what happened, but it wasn't really that important. Mm. Um it gets points for I think the cutie reading is higher though. Yes. Both because it is physically an adorable book. Yeah. Like I might recommend you get this if you're if you, if you read the Star Wars books just mm-hmm. because it's it's only like $12 and the book is cute as hell. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like a nice addition to your Star Wars books. Um and then, like, the interaction between Bayes and Shred are cute as hell.
1: Yeah, they are. And there's, like, a couple of cute kids,
2: too. There's a couple of cute kids. There's, like, a cute Rodian kid. The description of the Rodian's suction cup fingers being, Aww. being like, rose petals on his face were, like, yeah. that was pretty adorable. So cute. And... So, like, maybe, I don't know, four? Yeah. Four. Totally. Could, like, could have been cuter, but was pretty cute.
1: And I was picturing, like, you know how in Rebels and Clone Wars, the Rodians have, like, those galaxy eyes?
2: Yeah, and like Rodians have gotten really cute recently. Yeah. yeah, it's like when did Rodians get cute? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know.
1: But they're super cute now. So, I'm picturing this little boy and he's so cute and yeah. he's like so traumatized and I hope he has a better life.
2: And his little galaxy eyes his galaxy and his rose petal fingers. You
1: know, so cute. And he like holds Turret's hand as they walk down the street to the spaceport. There's and, a
2: little illustration of him yeah, too. Yeah. And
1: I hope he has a better life somewhere and grows up um and yeah, you know find some peace
2: i thought it was pretty good
1: mm-hmm. so yeah, pretty good pretty good so next week what are we do- what are we doing
2: uh we are watching more clone wars i don't know what the next arc is about i think it's ahsoka heavy okay um the next three episodes is an arc and then the last two episodes are standalone i believe um so we're gonna watch the next three episodes of clone wars yep. and we are going to read the the first quarter of battlefront company we're about okay. about Battlefront Twilight Company cool
1: by Alexander Freed, who wrote the Ro- rogue one novelization that's right what
2: else are we doing oh shit we're gonna st- we're gonna rewatch rogue one mm-hmm next episode Rogue one redux that's right and um, we're gonna take all of the new information we have um, basically see how it feels to watch the movie having read three books and I don't know just just yeah visual dictionary stuff just and it's been six months since mm-hmm. it's, since we both watched it. I think so. Um, we haven't. We both haven't seen it since it's been in theaters. Yep. So I think it'll be an interesting experience to rewatch Rogue One. Hmm. Uh, so we'll talk about that and Clone Wars and a book, and uh, I think we'll get caught up on the comics too if we have time.
1: Yeah, maybe um, the Rogue One might take up the main topic. Um, so we'll see. I think it will. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We could always wait on that. Okay, well, we'll see you next week, everybody. It was a good week. Nobody died.
0: If you'd like to find more stuff about Star Wars from me and Jamie, you can check out our website at imperialhearts.com or tweet at us at imperial underscore hearts. If you'd like to help support the show, you can rate or review us on iTunes. Or, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash imperialhearts. Special thanks to patrons Ryan and Zach for helping us meet our first funding goals. The music used in this podcast is clips from the song Barbarian by Pierre Lowe. This podcast is not endorsed in any way by the Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited, It is intended for entertainment purposes only, and all Star Wars people, names, and places, and anything else, is copyright of Disney and their respective copyright and trademark holders.
2: The Ship of the Week is Anakin Skywalker and the Mortis Sun. Think about it.